The number of food vouchers we were giving out to parents has increased. We wanted to find out how the COVID pandemic has affected food banks in Lambeth. Is there enough food for families? Before COVID, the young parents we worked with could come to at least two of our groups and get a hot meal. We had cook-up where they could work together to cook a meal and on Fridays our young parents team would come together and cook them a hot lunch topped off with a pudding. Even at our dad's groups they would bring them together around a table of food. What this meant is that those most in need of food or a hot meal knew they'd be able to get something for their family to eat that week. We'd often give them a Tupperware to take extra home as well. With our in-person groups on hold, lots of them are relying on extra help from food banks or friends and family. This week is the London Challenge Poverty Week, so we're focusing on this theme. In our second podcast, I speak to John Taylor, the manager of the Brixton and Norwood Food Banks. He says there's been a fourfold increase in demand for their services. I asked him how else COVID had affected the food banks. Well, yeah, that's that's a great question to start with because COVID has totally transform the way that we operate so uh, previously we um, had some distribution points we had one in Brixton one in Norwood and more lately one in Streatham and we would we would meet clients there with cut they'd come in with a voucher we would exchange the voucher for food and while they were waiting for their bags to be packed we would sit and chat to them and get to know them give them a cup of tea some food and we would help them with signposting. We have advice centres on site and we also have um, a signposting directory and our volunteers are sort of quite, quite well skilled in that sense. So all set up for that. Then COVID hits and uh, we suddenly very quickly have to, to rethink how we are running the service. And what we've come up with is it was just really good timing, actually, that we had uh, a big massive church converted for, to, to be a warehouse at um, Barkham Avenue in Streatham and we just partnered with a couple of other food banks and we, we were calling it a South London warehouse because everybody was using it for storage and what that meant was actually we had a base um, for all the food banks in the borough actually to to put their food and to operate from and so what we've done is done a delivery service now and so the whole model has changed on its head no one comes to pick the food up but actually we drop it to people's doors we've got a bit of um high-tech software in well it seems high-tech to me it probably isn't but um where you um everything you can just literally order stuff through this system and um it records what stage you are in the process anyway um yeah team of volunteers that call people to check what food they need and then we deliver it to the doorstep all nice and safely um, and we call the clients before we get there. And what that's meant, actually, it's just really twofold, because on one side, it's a really efficient service. It takes away that embarrassment factor for those that want to come to use the food bank. They don't have to, to have that concern when they're coming in. Um, those bags are, are flipping heavy, so um, actually not having to carry all the bags home uh, or pay for transport is, is a big win. So some ways it's efficient, it's streamlined, and it makes the, the, the client's life a lot easier. And then uh, on the other side, um, there's obviously there's that lack of interaction, um, which lots of our clients love. They love coming in, chatting to people. Um, we even pray for people if they want to. Um, and people just often come in and say, do you know what? I feel so much better having been in this morning than when I first came in. And we hear that all the time. So we really miss that social interaction, even though we're, we're calling our clients, everyone that gets a food bank parcel to see how they're doing, 
on the phone and and to see if they need extra help uh, around signposting. Um, there's that key part of of what we are as a food bank um, that that is now missing. But you know, see, so it's, it's like I, I imagine most people think about you. Well, I did as a food bank, as somewhere you come to get food. But you're like you're clearly a, a lot more than just that. Yeah, that's that's a strap line actually that we we trust for trust use and we use all the time more than food. And oh. <laughs> yeah, so you, you could you, you should work in marketing. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the um, the more than food concept is something we we've, we've done for quite a few years, and and yeah, we, we're definitely. The food is our bread and butter, um, but we're, we're way more than that. And you need to be, and everyone needs to be. Um, it's much like the way that, that yourselves, um, when you see a client, you actually are able to offer them a food bank voucher and you're probably catering for lots and lots of different um, types of needs as well as just looking at the, the, the parenting stuff. Uh, and it's the same with, with us. Everyone, you have to diversify and provide a more holistic service. And so... Being able to see people and to just to say, oh, actually, that once they get to know you and they'll they'll take, say they're you know a victim of domestic abuse. And one client said to me this week, yeah, do you know what my, my son was 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 hitting me, but I didn't know it was domestic abuse. And it wasn't until I spoke to one of your team that I actually realised and I was able to call someone. You know, you know those sort of conversations, and then we 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 give them the right information to who to call and support them a bit. We're not trained counsellors. We're not trained. Um, well, we are trained in our internal training, but we're not professionals. And so we're aware of that, but not being able to help um, support quite the way we used to is, is, is a challenge. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, actually, that food, um, I, I see food as like one of the most, um, one of the, sort of the key factors of our outreach and community work, because it's, it, it's like people come, like, people go oh, they're just coming for the free food but i mean they just get so much more than that like they do at the food banks as well in terms of um you you sort of mentioned it a minute ago like i know i, I was talking to one of our clients and she said one of the things that she worries about is that she doesn't look like she should be going into a food bank and she feels massively judged how would you how do you oh, make people feel ordinarily it, it it is just about um putting your, your clients at ease um, I mean, we try and even from the very start, I don't I don't refer to them as clients. I'm doing it now just because it's hard to use the word guests, which I really love um, yeah. because they're not coming into our our building anymore. So I just switch back to client. But I don't like client. I much prefer guests because if you even if by changing the wording, it is changing your the mindset of how you're treating people. And I think we we want to treat people like guests when they come in. And as soon as I, 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 first of all, if someone comes in the door, I tell my team, don't leave anyone waiting, greet them straight away, give them a warm welcome, ask them how they're doing, get them a cup of tea, get them some food, um, make them feel like it's your house, you know, welcome them in. And I think um, by, by having that sort of mindset right at the start, it puts people at ease. And then you'll often get that throwaway comment. Oh, I was a bit nervous or a bit embarrassed about coming in here, but, I didn't have anything to worry about. You guys are so lovely. And, and it's not, you know, I'm not bigging myself up. I'm nothing to do with it. But the, we've got some amazing, wonderful volunteers that are so, so caring and so lovely. And I think that really just helps take that pressure off when people come in the building. Um, once they see that there's, there's gen people that genuinely care and want to help. Um, and as you say, we've come up with a solution now, which is the delivery service. But we want to get back to seeing people face to face once we can, because there's no substitute for that.
No, I think that's what what we're what we've been finding as well is that you, you you can do stuff on the phone and you can chat to people, but you can't. People don't open up in the same kind of way. Mm. Um, you know, often it's almost by accident they tell you things. Um, right. You know, you're sort of like chatting about just about their week and 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 something, and then they'll be relaxed enough just to sort of like mention it. But if you sat them down in a room and went, "So, what's been going on for you this week?" They just be like yeah it's all right I'm fine mm. you know mm. you're right mm. it's about building trust I just wonder um I know that during COVID um and during the pandemic the number of people we've been issuing food vouchers for has like gone up I mean how how has it how I'm assuming that your numbers are going up but has it have you seen a change to the kind of families that are coming in or sorry not coming in but getting mm. the service yeah yeah no, no I know what you mean um yeah, I mean, it's no surprise to me that your numbers have gone up because our numbers have gone through the roof, unfortunately. So we were feeding on average as a as a standalone food bank 10,000 people each year, which was which is already very, very big. Um, but now combined with uh, the rest of the food banks in the borough, since April, we have fed 16,000 people and 6,000 of those are children. So that's our more recent figures. So we have seen... We are estimating a fourfold increase, um, which is is more actually than what was that, that than has been attributed around the rest of the country. Although most food banks have seen at least double, so there's no doubt something's happened um, to trigger that. And we all know what has happened, which is you know this COVID nineteen stuff. Um, and so to answer the second part of the question, yeah, we through the phone call service, I'm speaking to people, and I'm just hearing. Things around increased debt. I think um, I'm hearing, um, yeah, struggle struggles with finances. But also there was one like the, the lady the other day that just said her husband wasn't getting. So these guys have been a working family. Her husband was self-employed, but because he was only self-employed within the last year, didn't qualify for the furlough scheme, uh, and that meant that um, they didn't get any. They literally had no food for about ten weeks. I think it was. And it was only when the, the, the children's school mentioned, oh, do you know, do you know about food bank matches that they actually heard about our service and then the school arranged that. She was so grateful. But this was, you know, a, a family that had been working and not used to, to using something like a food bank service. And I think there's more and more of those situations um, unfolding. You just need to look at the figures in terms of the amount of people that are out of work at the moment. Um, so there's more and more people that just can't survive on the small amount of benefits that they're getting. Have you got any plans for trying to open anything up yet? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we sort of plan quite far in advance um, not to open. Um, so we, we've we got no plans to change anything before Christmas. Um, yeah, we're, we're keeping the system running as, as it is. And I, I think we just feel that that's safer for the staff and, and safer for everybody. I know that there's usually a limit on the number of times. It's, uh, but I'm, I'm assuming, actually, sorry, tell me if I'm wrong, but that there's usually a limit on the number of times people can come to the food bank. Has that changed at all, or is it all just the same as it has been before? That's a good question about the numbers, because th there's always been some sort of limitations. I mean, we work very closely with the, the agencies that issue the vouchers because they are in a position to know best as to what the real situation is with the clients. But we've got a really, really crude rule of thumb of about four vouchers every six months just to preserve food stock. But 
it's very crude and it's just there um, as an absolute baseline. And I think if, if a client needs more food um, because the income is just not there, then we will look to provide that. There's no doubt. For those that are no recourse to public funds, we've always had a much more flexible policy. And certainly with those on waiting for benefit delays with absolutely no income, we've been much more flexible. And I think um, we're still continuing that. I don't think the, 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 uh, the policies changed uh, in that sense. We, we still want it to be as flexible as possible. But there's just this realization that with um, what is it, 170 tons of food we've distributed since April, um, with that huge amount, there's just this tension between getting, making sure we've got enough food uh, to, to run the service effectively and still making sure that everybody that needs the food is getting it. So that is why we, we're just trying to be as diligent as possible, but still encouraging agencies to contact us and to issue vouchers when it's necessary. Are you find as your um, food donations gone up or down sort of through all this? I think the, dona- the donations, are, uh, so this is one I don't actually know our exact figures, but I, I, I have to assume um, that the, the donations have gone up because we have been able to meet demand. Um, but, I, but I do, I'm pretty sure we've had to dip into some of our reserves to, to buy food from time to time. We're certainly getting a load of um, fresh fruit and vegetables, which um, I know that we're, we're buying in with some of, some of our reserves. So people get such a, an amazing um, parcel these days, loads and loads of fresh fruit and veg, um, which is really, really um, helpful for people. You know, we're just trying to be as resourceful as we possibly can. So I think, I think giving's gone up, but probably not as much as we need. Yeah, I didn't realise that you gave up fresh food as well. I just thought it was um, sort of like tinned and, and things like that. So what, what would come in, uh, you know, a pack for, say, a family of four? You would get, um, you yeah, know, probably way more than you think, because as well as um, the, the tin produce, the tin, you know, the, the beans, the veg, the, the tin meat, if they want meat, uh, the rice and pasta, pasta sauce, cereal, um, and... Um, pulses and, and all that sort of standard stuff that we've always given. Um, we would then be giving out sanitary products, toiletries, um, baby nappies, um, baby food. Um, so you, you get mangoes and apples and you know, bananas and potatoes and carrots and things I don't even recognise, if I'm honest. Um, fresh bread as well. <laughs> um, so it's bumper stuff. And we do call people and we do get a sense of what they need beforehand. So it's we don't, it's not like a whole shopping list that they can choose exactly what they want, but um, we do ask them if there's anything they don't like or if they've got any dietary requirements, if they need anything. And if obviously if they've got kids, um, yeah, then we'll, we'll try and get the nappies in and, and the baby food if that's what they want. I've learned something new there. I did honestly didn't realize it was so much. So um, it's good to know that. Um that you've been there for our for for the young parents and not even young parents because we work with loads of different families um that they've been getting that because you know like we do our best to support but support them but there's only so much we can do and it's only through working with organizations like yourselves and other other charitable organizations that we're able to get them what they need just to sort of survive so Mm. thank you very much Mm. for that oh not at all and um yeah, I guess that that's directly with when you're looking, you're working with families and stuff like you say, then it's really useful to to know that there's the there's, there's nappies and there is you know baby food and stuff going in, but also 
yeah, like you say, places like Little Village, which I know you work with as well, um, can also help with, with some of the stuff as well, can't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, we get a lot of our baby like equipment and clothes and stuff from there. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much for that, John. And um, yeah, good luck with um, the next few months. Thank you. Same to you. I know. And, and keep on, yeah, amazing, the amazing work that St. Michael's are doing. It's been great to chat to you prior to this podcast to hear all the stuff that you're doing. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm quite blown away by the amazing um, service that you're able to offer. Thanks to John Taylor from the Brixton and Norwood Food Banks. I'm Sarah Younger and I do the communications for St. Michael's Fellowship. Well, that's the end of our second podcast. Now I'm going to go in for the hard sell. If you like what you heard on the Working With Parents podcast, please hit subscribe and do share it with anyone who you think might find it helpful or interesting, which of course should be everybody. Um, For anyone who doesn't know much about us, we're a charity based in South London that's about changing children's lives by working with parents. And that forms the foundation on which all our projects and services are built. In this podcast series from St. Michael's Fellowship called Working with Parents, we'll be looking at some of the issues affecting the parents and how they look after their children, from managing with learning difficulties to their own childhood trauma. We'll be speaking to parents, our teams and other organisations and experts we work with. We also wanted to share some of the fab work done by other organisations like the food bank that John was just talking about. Till next time.